Welcome back to another episode of Let's Face the Facts. I'm your host. My name is David Almeida. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. I'm an actor in Orlando, Florida, and every week I sit down with an actor or artist friend. We watch an episode of the classic sitcom, The Facts of Life. Then we hit record. We get to talking about the show, about anything and everything it might drive us to muse about and just randomly sidebar it's it's just a fun conversation or at least i hope you think it's a fun conversation anyway uh, this episode is dropping on october 30th tomorrow is halloween it's a one-year anniversary isn't that crazy been doing this a year i'm uh, my mind is just blown away. I am thrilled to still be doing this, and I'm going the distance, kids. We're, we, got, we got one year down, but three more to go as far as this series is concerned. So thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for uh, supporting the show up till now and for your future support. I, I really appreciate it, and I just love doing it so much. So I'm thrilled anybody is out there listening. Now, my guest this week is Sarah French. Sarah is a wickedly talented actress, funny gal. She does drama, she does comedy, she does musicals, she's a dancer, she does film and TV work. We've done a few shows together. We've worked at Sleuth's Mystery Dinner Theater together. So I adore this woman, and we don't get to hang out as much as we used to. Sadly, life intercedes, but any time I get to spend with her is always super crazy happy time. So this is a real, real treat. Sarah and I watch season three, episode 24, final episode of season three, Read No Evil. The original air date was May 5th of 1982. And that's really all you need to know, kids. We're ready to jump on in. Let's face the facts with Sarah French. Welcome, Sarah French. Oh, hi. Thank hi you there. so much for having me. I'm so excited you're here. I don't want tonight to end, so we're going to do a 17-hour podcast, Fantastic. Okay? Will you pick the right episode? Uh, we can talk. Oh, We can days. provide modern-day equivalents. Oh, my God. How relevant was it this is, episode? This was a fucking kick-ass way to end it, the season. Very. Can I ask you, I know you've done some research on mm-hmm. this episode. Did it win any Emmys? Because, boy, they were going for it. Oh, God, yes. Um, it did not. The That's facts of life, bullshit. <laughs> the Facts of Life never, ever won an Emmy. Not what? How ever. many seasons did The Facts of Life get? Nine. Nine seasons, not a single... Did, did any oh, nominations? Oh, yeah, nominations, for okay. sure. In fact, the season we've just completed, this is season three. I believe seasons mm-hmm. three and five are the highest rated. I can And they why. came in number 24. In the Nielsen's. Okay. But this season is the only season that Charlotte Ray was ever nominated for an Emmy for Mrs. Garrett. Well, I mean, this episode, this is honestly... Her, this is a good one. This was a good one. They didn't give her so much goofy shit. I've talked in the she, show about how so often the focus on the girls, mm, the focus is on the girls, and therefore they have to kind they of... They need a foil. Shoehorn, they, yeah. or they have to shoehorn in these funny things mm-hmm. for her to do, and they just seem so... Uh, extraneous and imposed. And, yeah. Ugh. So this one is, th- the fact is that the, this is a situation, this script affects all of them. Well, and that's what I was going to say. It was really interesting to see them all fighting for a for a common goal. Like yeah. they were, 
they were like yeah. together on this one and totally. you know they all came at different times or you know kind of came to this conclusion at different times yeah. but it was really really interesting to see miss garrett almost like a peer yeah. in this episode yeah and then yeah and then by the time the end when they're all walking in together mm-hmm. and I I never know. Sometimes shows are told that they're renewed ahead of time or not. Yeah. But you kind of think that like when they're writing this, when they're making it, oftentimes these episodes at the end of a season, they don't know. If right. This is their swan song. Back. Yeah, absolutely. So this could be their attempt to say, okay, we need to really, we need to tie this shit together. Right. If right. this is the end, we might still have something going with reruns. Because reruns mm-hmm. didn't used to need a hundred episodes, right? Right. But nowadays they do. But yeah. yeah. So, but um, yeah. Before we get to the nuts and bolts okay. of the plot, so yes. we have to state that we just watched Read No Evil Ooh, season wee. three, episode twenty four, and the original air date was May fifth of nineteen eighty two. Now, Sarah, you are a bit younger than I. Mm-hmm. Did you grow up with this show? I feel like I did. I do feel like it's in the zeitgeist. I remember I remember the girls, mm-hmm. and I, I'm pretty confident that I watched this okay. as a kid. So you've seen this this episode? Do no, I, no, I don't remember seeing this episode. Or if I did, maybe I was too young to understand what they were actually talking about, you yeah. know, because there's not a lot of gags in this one. So. True. Yeah. True. Well, you know, it's interesting when I think about, because I was born in 79. Mm-hmm. So um, like this, a show like this airing with what, five strong female leads? Mm-hmm. That's unusual today. Yeah. Like it's even and, more, yeah. you know. And this was the first show where after they got rid of Mr. Bradley in season mm-hmm. one, this is the first show in network television that had only women in the opening credits yeah. and no recurring Males, not till George Clooney and uh, Mackenzie Aston. Right. So before we begin mm. our formal synopsis, Wonderful. dissecting every comma and semicolon, I as I love to wait. do, I always ask my guests mm-hmm. if you would please give me a one to two sentence synopsis, mm-hmm. similar to what you might read in a TV guide okay. of just overarching, what did we just watch? So Read No Evil, the season finale of season three, Facts of Life, is about censorship and revolution. Mm -hmm. The girls band together because of banned books, and they're all affected in different ways and stand together to fight the system. Yes! Revolution! Yes! Oh, my God! Beautiful. And, uh, yeah, and as we've already been gushing, it is a good episode. At one point, I wrote down... Garrett Green 2020. Like, oh. <laughs> I want <laughs> Mrs. Garrett and Natalie to run for oh office. Oh, my God. I would, in a heartbeat, Mrs. Garrett. <laughs> though though there, there would be a sense of, you know, well, when I was growing up in Appleton, Wisconsin. <laughs> It'd be the Joe Biden phonograph comment, only Mrs. Garrett. Like, well, you know, we've got to keep the children away from the phonographs. And <laughs> what year is it, madam? <laughs> They're going to be going down to the Nickelodeon and looking at fatty Arbuckle kinetoscopes. <laughs> It's like, we got trouble with a pool table in River City. (laughs) Oh, man. And uh, feel free to join me with uh, your bad Mrs. Garrett impression as I have, if you are at some point, if you are inspired. I will. But just know that I... uh, 
I do not care to do it alone. Sure. I love when people join me. What because... if mine's really good? I've never done one before, but what if tonight we discover that my what? Mrs. Garrett is oh, solid? Oh my God. Oh, what a dream. Things will be revealed. Oh. It's what a true finale. I tell you. Yes. <laughs> well, we begin Read No Evil mm-hmm. in the Cafeteria. Wow, big shock. Um, Mrs. Garrett has got these pieces of fabric that she's walking to a table kind of in the back. Mm-hmm. And we have got Tootie and Blair and, and Cousin Jerry. Cousin Jerry in it. Uh, Cousin Jerry is here, and she is just one more body within the fabric of the show. And this is this is what was so good about the way they used her is because they made a big deal over her disability. And... They had they've done that now. Now it's like, okay, we get it. Now she can just be a person that exists in their world. And this is so nice. You know, it's interesting because I did, you know, I um I don't remember cousin Jerry. So this when I oh. saw her, I'm like, okay, clearly has a disability, a cerebral palsy. Is Correct. that what she's got? Yes. Okay. Um and I thought Okay, how are we gonna uh, how are we gonna address this in this episode? And I was pleasantly surprised to see that she that that this was not no. relevant to the episode. No. She's not a diversity hire. She's just a person with cerebral palsy in the episode, like as yeah. part of the cast. It was really cool, and I thought kind of progressive to see. Uh, totally, and that's another reason why I think the show's legacy is what it is. Because among the crappy jokes and mm-hmm. the kind of shitty stuff and the the later seasons that are just painful well but the the good points the high points that it hit in the history of the show jerry is certainly one of them because that's she isn't i mean that is her legacy is that she's the first person with a physical disability ever to be on a network sitcom and then to be a semi-regular how about that i didn't realize that and i wish they continued to use her as the years progressed and they didn't she only i think is on through season five Mm. like the first edna's edible season and then i think she's pretty much gone after that which is too bad but her stand-up career just took off uh, she was no longer available she was yeah i don't have cerebral palsy (laughs) i'm just drunk hey got that (laughs) t-shirt um so we we do justify jerry's uh presence there in just a minute we'll Mm -hmm. get to it but uh right now the three of them are huddled around what looks like Two car batteries strapped together. I really did not understand what was happening in this first scene. I, did you? Uh, I thought it was re- a slide projector that they were just looking at the lights coming it out of was, it. It didn't make any sense. It was a television. That's what a it, portable it television a, a, was. A while to get there. I realized it later. But so was the implication of the portable television like? So I know that they're all at a boarding school. They're in common areas. All of those things. So is the implication we have this tiny little TV? Because we don't have a common space. Because I found myself wondering, isn't just a regular TV more cost effective? Uh, How much did this portable TV cost? Yeah, oh, that was probably eighteen hundred dollars. It had to have been right. It was. It was probably upwards of two thousand dollars for a TV that small. Absolutely. Um, I cannot remember, um, and I should, but I can't remember. I feel like there was a time when they were watching a bigger, like a 19-inch TV sure. on a cart or something in the lounge. The lounge over there with the games and the couch. 
it seems like a really the, reasonable place to have a TV. And the cigarette machine. Sure, yeah. Of course. Like every boarding school <laughs> needs. Yeah. It's pastries, but I, I say it should be cigarettes. If, if I win a cabillion dollars, I'm uh, going to go back and digitally change it God. and re-release them all on that Blu-ray. That seems like really well spent money, I think. Uh-huh. But the, um, the thing is, um, I feel like there has been some point when they were watching TV. I can't think of it now, so it hasn't happened yet. Okay. It might be in the future, but it could be like Blair's Blue Blazer. It could be just a forced yeah. memory. Well, and I guess Blair's rich, right? So it's possible that like her fancy parents sent yeah. her a portable TV yeah. that she's willing to share. Uh, but the thing is, we never see it right. before or after Or ever this. again. Okay. Ever again. It's okay. completely a device. For, for this, this episode. one soap opera. Yes. Okay, got it. Um, so they're watching it. And uh, what we quickly gather is they're watching a soap opera. Mm-hmm. You're hearing things like, oh, Richard, Richard, Richard. and uh, uh, The nun, right? Oh, I can't possibly marry you. I'm a nun. Uh, right? Yeah. And it's it gives the writers a chance to do a lot of cheesy soap opera jokes mm-hmm. in between stuff. But um, basically, we comment on soap operas, haha, how ridiculous they are, but we're addicted to them. Right, right. And they're a diversion, right? These are for sort of, this is for airheads to watch. Right, yeah, Yeah. exactly. And they should be um, feeding an entire cafeteria full of girls three meals a day. And as I've said before, wow, they have a lot of spare time. Girls back then didn't eat a lot. Apparently not. (laughs) You know, so... They didn't, as long as they had like a tab machine, yeah, they, <laughs> they were all yeah, set. Yeah, as long as we had, yeah, plenty of saccharin. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, plenty of red M&Ms yes. and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Mrs. Garrett, what we realize, she steps forward and says she can't decide about the new curtains for her room. Now, if you've ever seen her room, it is the drabbest, dullest, saddest room you've ever seen. Oh, dear. And... That she holds up this bold <laughs> royal blue. blue, right? It's like a royal blue, but electric. Yes, it's, it's like the girls' so cardigans. Bright. Yes, and it's and it's got a sheen to it. It's got it's like Eastland that... blue, one might argue. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And then she has another one in this weird, uh, bold print that has yes. a lot of vibrant green in addition to a similar blue. Yeah, and she's like, I can't decide between this or that, and it's just like, what. Yeah. Why are you making new curtains for your sad, sad room? Right. When we need to remove the four poster bed from 1862. There's so much other things wrong. Uh, yeah. Like why the, the why Holly the Holly Hobby wallpaper. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, do you think the curtains anyway? And then we never hear about the curtains yeah. ever again in this well, episode. Well, she gets distracted. She you know, does. there's a bigger issue to deal with. Oh she my god. She can't be bothered with curtains. Yes. And that big issue comes in. The form of Joe and Natalie coming in, in, storming in from the library. And uh, Joe is mad and yelling at Natalie, saying she shouldn't have yelled in a library. A library is a sacred space. And Natalie's like, well, I was upset. Though Um, Natalie resplendent. Her hair, as she comes in for that first scene, is... I, the next time you see me, I'm going to be wearing my hair two similar. Fren- yes. Two French braids to hold it off your face. I don't know why we stopped wearing our hair that way. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Isn't it? And it yes. flows. It's long. It's a it's lot longer lot than people realize. So Natalie is upset because she discovered that there, in addition to Ms. Magazine. Right. No longer available. That there are certain books that have been deemed inappropriate mm-hmm. and or offensive. That's right. And Ms. Muldoon, we've heard of Ms. God, Muldoon. This villain, Ms. Muldoon. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, well, she's just the pawn. This in the game. bitch. Yeah, <laughs> but we've called her Moose Jaw Muldoon. Sure. We've referenced her being an unattractive woman, and God knows the last thing a woman would ever want to be is unattractive. Unattractive? Why? Uh huh. What so, use could she possibly have? Yeah. So Natalie hands Mrs. Garrett a list of the books. That's right. And she only says three of them, doesn't she? <laughs> she just says three. She says, no, no, I'm sorry. She, she says The Fixer. The Fixer. Catch, Catch 22. And uh, Slaughterhouse, Slaughterhouse five. 5, which sends Blair on a bit of a tangent. Yeah, because Blair did a paper about it mm-hmm. and has read it. And so we're suddenly like, is this book banning? That's suddenly the issue has been Right, stated. now it, it gets very serious very quickly. And Mrs. Garrett says, I've heard this happening in other places. I never thought it would happen here. Mm-hmm. And we very quickly throw out some different opinions. Writing-wise, I like this. Blair says, what does it matter? You, you don't get it the library. You just go into town. You can buy it. Right. And someone says, or wait till the movie comes out. Mm-hmm. And Mrs. Garrett says, that's not the point. Tootie says, well, it's just a few books. Who cares? You know, we're, we're all in school. So what's a, what's a few? But I will say, so yes, Tootie has a very lackadaisical approach to this. Yeah. But earlier, when she hears about this book banning, it's our friend Tootie who says, Wait a minute, I thought that was illegal. So oh. she is a little bit Yeah. Yeah, floored by it and then is like, meh. I yeah. guess it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's I, youth though. I mean, that's uh, probably because she's the youngest. She's the young one. We uh, hate the young one. Oh, uh, she's so young and stupid. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so um Natalie is still riled up. Rightly when, so. When yes. someone, I think it's mm-hmm. when Tootie says, Ah, it's just a few books. Tootie uh, Natalie is like, This is a America! And she's losing her shit. This is the First Amendment. And uh, um, Mindy Cohn is beautiful in this episode. She yes. is so good as far as committed, comedic. Mm-hmm. She never laughs at her own jokes. That's right. As she has in the past. Well. Beautiful. Um, so then Jerry steps in, and this is how we justify Jerry being there. In mm-hmm. case you're like, why is she there? <laughs> she says, uh, well, you should start a petition. I'll sign it. And they're like, well, Jerry, you're... And Blair, you don't even go to this school. (laughs) Why are you even here, Jerry? You stupid hag. Get out of our house. (laughs) (laughs) But she does put up, you're not a student here. Yeah. Signing a petition. And she says, I'm a performer and I'm against censorship. I don't want people throwing tomatoes at me until after I've told the jokes. True story. I I wrote down, was this episode written by Eli Weisel? Like, who? Like, we are getting into I know. it. They yes. are working out their Red Scare grievances. They've had it. But that's it. And it's uh, this is kind of what the show is really about. This is this was when they revamped the show in season two. It was we want to deal with issues uh-huh. and things and uh, pertinent stuff right. that actually affects. And then we get a terrible episode where Tootie drinks a bottle of wine because she thinks the other girls are treating her like a baby. And you watch those and you're just like, no. Yeah, kind of a miss, right? Get back yeah. to the issues. This is where you're good. Kind of a misdemeanor. Um, oh, Blair. You stole that brilliant <laughs> joke from Blair. Oh, heavens. But yes. Anyhow, Mrs. Garrett says she is going to go talk to Mrs. Muldoon. Mm-hmm. And Joe quickly is like, eh, why bother? You can't beat the system. And Mrs. Garrett states her life manifesto. If I don't agree with something, I have to speak out. It's a responsibility, not an option. I feel like 
in her for your consideration Emmy bid. Uh-huh. That's like there's just music and a soft fade on that last I, that last scene. I, honestly, just <laughs> I think this when I heard that she was up for an Emmy for this season, I was like, really? Mm-hmm. But really, watching this episode, I'll bet you it was. It has to have been. I've tried to it, find out. Yeah. I tried to find out, but I, I can't because I believe you win and you are nominated for Emmys for specific episodes. An episode, that's right. And yeah. yet I, I can't. If anybody knows, please write in and tell me. But oh, my goodness. I will bet you. I'll she bet is you. acting her heart out. She and is. she's also given all the best lines. In yeah, this no, true. Yeah. She's, this is where, as I've said, when she is the nurturing caring den mother that's where Ugh. she releases her superpowers it's well, this true why didn't is... they let her do that more yeah and this episode also has her as a flawed character she's yes. not just she does she makes a mistake yeah, yeah. and and we'll, we'll get to that Ugh. so i did say that um i thought tootie would have made a good nazi because she really justified this book banning she she was ready to get drank, in, to go along to get along she and drank the Tootie, fucking kool-aid she did she put on the swastika Ugh, yeah you're right Tootie. i hate her so much she yeah she's not winning in this episode <laughs> yes uh not till a little later we, when she, she joins back, yeah. yeah we we do get our old tootie back so then we move on into the parlor mm-hmm. slash lounge Mrs. Garrett is speaking with Mr. Parker. Mr. Parker, the headmaster, whom we have met a few times before, and we will still see again in Mm. the next season or two. And um, what is going on is uh, a common theme with their relationship where he is dismissive of her Mm. in favor of her cooking. I will say to his credit, though, I I was also curious about the strudel recipe. It did sound good to me, and I I was interested to hear uh, the ingredients. He wanted to hear about a strudel. Well, there was an earlier episode where all he kept talking about was taking her in the kitchen to eat a slice of her They've pie. They've got chemistry. Like, these two? Oh, oh, they work well. Oh, yeah, they work well off each other. Totally. No, there is a... A relationship. Oh, you think they... 100%. Oh, that, you think they fucking... It is electric fucking... when they look at each other. Oh, wow. And he's married, right? In this episode... Because he was getting the strudel recipe for his wife. His wife, yeah. 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 So, yeah that's not all he's getting. May... <laughs> Maybe she'll love me the way I imagine you would love me, Edna. Yeah. If she could make your strudel. This is her test, Edna. If she can make a strudel yeah. as you can, then I'll stay with her, but... No. Sweetheart, have you thought of dyeing your hair red? <laughs> You could tie it up in a big tight knot on the top of your head. That would be so hot. <laughs> What's your blouse collection look like, <laughs> dear? <laughs> wow. Really upsetting. Oh, Mr. Parker. Really upsetting. Yeah. Um, but the deal is we have this back and forth where he is, his goal in the scene. It's like, what is, you know, the, as the actors, mm-hmm. what is your intent? That's what do you right. want? What's your objective? He wants that strudel recipe. He does. And he doesn't want <laughs> to deal with this book shit. But he, that strudel recipe really does motivate him. He, you got to give him that. He is committed. He is focused on but his He would have left. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the only thing that kept him there. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly right. So um, Mrs. Garrett is already upset as yeah. the scene begins. And he's like, oh, you're just making a big deal over nothing. That's right. And she says... That's four books for now. What will it be next year? You're not concerned about this. Goes, yes, I am concerned. My wife will kill me if I don't bring home your strudel recipe. Strudel recipe, exactly. And then finally he says, look, the board of trustees made a decision and I had to support it. Hmm. And he says, you don't understand what we're facing. There are a lot of uh, people 
uh, how does he put it? He says, we get a lot of letters mm -hmm. that talk about immoral influences. And when you read things that accuse you of corrupting their children, and Mrs. Garrett's like, you get letters like that? He's like, yeah, for about a year. People threatening to take their kids out of the school. And Mrs. Garrett's like, ah, but those are the squeaky wheels. They're just the complainers. And he says, you should consider yourself lucky. We only lost four books. And he says, I'm doing what's best for the school. And she says, what about doing what you know is right? And he says, and finally... He gets mad. He, he, he does not like law. being challenged on this one. Yeah. Yeah. Because he feels guilty. Yeah, exactly. And he comes back and says, we are a private school. Yep. We have to be responsible to the parents. And she says, but we're here to... To, to educate, to challenge. To right? educate, yeah. to challenge and prepare these girls for the real world. Mm -hmm. Don't you think that's what we owe them? And he says, Mrs. Garrett, it is the job of the headmaster to decide that, not the dietitian." Ooh, put her right in her place. And then follow up with a laugh. So how many cups of sugar? Mm -hmm. And that was a good moment to break that. It, yes. And then she, of course, comes back. Guess. <laughs> He'll never get the strudel now. Yep. So then, I will say her manicure in this. Scene, oh my god! I mean, holy shit! Just sparkling. She. she it was man. like, and it was, and it was jungle red, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was, because she kept she, using her hand to gesture. Yeah. And I have to point out that whenever yeah, yeah. she pointed, okay, I'm so glad you're talking about this. I'm, yes. I'm, I, I, can you see what I'm doing, listeners? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'll describe it. Okay. It's a. It's like the you mess with the bull, you get the horns. It's that's the uh, like yeah. the rock out. Yeah, uh, it's that's like what, yeah, rock yeah. and roll. Yeah, it, that's how she. Instead points. of pointing her mm -hmm. finger when she makes a point, she points her finger, but her pinky is always yeah, also it's extended. It's really strange. And it is it is a very odd, and I've never noticed her do it before, but I'm not sure she's ever had such a fucking fierce manicure right. before. That's probably true. Damn. Yeah. So, she knew this was her Emmy episode. She yeah. did. She, that's some, she paid for that manicure. That Maybe. Makeup didn't do that. <laughs> she came in to that day. And the Emmy for best fingernails mm -hmm. goes to... Man, if there was... Angelian. God I damn it! I can't win anything! You fucking bitch! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, uh, she would have every right to burn Hollywood down. Oh, God. Oh, bugger. Um, so then the last point of this scene is he says, Edna, we could lose a lot more than four books. And he says, I need your cooperation. Yep. And the scene ends with one of those uncomfortable pregnant pauses of... Just Mrs. Garrett looking pensive uh, and concerned. She is. She's making her decision right now. She's conflicted. Yeah. And it, you can see it on her face. I mean, yeah. And uh, this is better than she's done. In the past, we've had these long shots of the end of a scene. And you've been like, oh, would someone please, please call just cut? cut? Just cut. Someone uh, fade. Yeah. Someone please. But no, she's rocking it. She mm -hmm. really is. She's she in it. stepped up to the... Uh, but here's the thing. When the writing is good, the actor... We will rise to the occasion if we're given decent material. I mean, yeah. It's it's yeah. so interesting. So then we move on to the cafeteria. Mm -hmm. And uh, they are setting up. They so often are setting up for the meal. Never see any food. Right. But boy, do you see linens. Linens, linens on linens. And bud vases. Yes. They fresh flowers all the time at Eastland Academy. What is their flower Academy. budget? I, that's... You know what? Exactly. Cut the flower budget. You get can, a better library. You can get buy some, the books. Exactly. Yeah. And remember, we just got a better library. Blair's grandfather 
the you know the Klansman. Sure, of course you could forget. <laughs> yeah, paid for. There's there is a brand new library that's called the Eastland Library. Um, isn't that funny? I I did not think of that till those words just came out of my mouth. Uh, it's a wonder they didn't have Blair say, "What." What is this shit? In my shit? library, My yeah. fucking family paid for this library. That is interesting. Why wasn't she more riled up? She yeah. should have more ownership in the library. Yeah, because it was going to be called the Carlton Blair Library. Oh, okay. And we learned that her first name is her grandfather's last name, which is kind of that awesome. That is, I mean, and that's very blue blood yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Blue blood, blue blazer, Blair. Sure. I mean, mm-hmm. listen. Yeah. In this setting up, we are, we've got bud vases and linens. If oh, those girls... Listen, swimming. They may leave vases. hungry, but damn, the place will look oh, pretty. it's elegant. My goodness. Yes. Yeah. Fine dining. Um, and in the process of working, Blair and Tootie are also watching our car battery TV. That's right. And speaking of car battery TV, it's not plugged in, is it? I did not see it plugged in. No. Um, so what? Uh, uh, I I don't. I can't. There speak is to no it. way that could be a battery operate unless it, it would be like sixteen D batteries. Right. Right. And it would give you like five minutes of viewing time. <laughs> I mean, it can't. It's gotta. Uh, I'm I'm baffled. So Natalie is looking at her newspaper and yep. she's reading the article. One one assumes it's like a proof copy. I or would imagine something. so, or like a copy of her editorial or something along yeah. those lines. Yeah, right? she's yeah. holding it like it's a newspaper, but we find out it clearly has not yet been, been published. Published, right? correct. Yeah. So she's reading and she's very proud of herself. She's mm-hmm. gotten into the she's taken up the fight and um, Mrs. Garrett is being very elusive, like, oh, well, that's good. Right. That's Sup- nice. Neutrally supportive. And Natalie says, why have you, basically is wondering why she's softened on mm-hmm. the subject. And Mrs. Garrett says, maybe sometimes you just need to step back and a problem will work itself out. Mm. And um, and Natalie, the thing is, what was before, where, where did this come from? Before right. you were all, make some noise, write an article, take it to the streets. Didn't you just say that? And she says, no, I think the Doobie Brothers said uh, that. The best. Huge laugh. Just, it's fun or, to hear old people say Doobie anyway. Doobie, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. <laughs> That's what part of it is, yeah. Then Jerry comes back. Oh, <laughs> you kind of laughed. Well, because she says, "Hey guys, just came to say goodbye." Yeah, she <laughs> went. Well, it was, but it was almost like, "Hi, I'm here. Bye." Bye. <laughs> it's like, so random. It was, <laughs> and even more random than that. What in holy fuck? Are you was her she stripes? wearing her stripes? Yes, she had on. Oh uh, my. She had on a trench coat that covered most of it, thank goodness. Yeah. But underneath it, she had on a very typically 80s dress with like a... Yeah, like a gunny sack sort of... Yeah. yeah the sack is almost a drop waist, but not but quite not a drop quite. waist. Yeah. And it had like a, a big grid color That's pattern right. on yeah, it. Yeah, it's like the stripes were fighting each other. It, it yeah. was baffling. But then, to match it, she had on these lilac colored yeah. tights. Absolutely. And it is like... Jerry has always dressed in jeans or overall. She's always had, I mean, we later do find out she is gay mm-hmm. in real life. And the way she dressed on the show was really how Jerry Jewell dressed. Sure. Which was always kind of tomboyish. 
kind makes of total sense. You know, gender non-conforming. Sure, sort of our Ellen DeGeneres style. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That sort of a thing. And so to see her in such a ridiculously fishy outfit is re. Oh my god. Yeah. We're like. It looked like she was eager to get out of the scene. Like yeah. she was just like, hey. <laughs> you I, wonder I, if backstage she was like. Get, get me a fucking trench coat right. to cover this. They're like, we don't have anything, Jerry. We, we're sorry. Look, you we, Give me your coat. Give, I'm give going out coat. now. <laughs> we don't have time for a reshoot. Right. right. She just like, there. We're, we're going to take it back one time. No, no we're not. We're done. No, we got I'm it. Fucking done. <laughs> we got it. <laughs> <laughs> I totally, I believe it. Because it is just, uh, yeah. Oh, and it's, it's upsetting. Well, And let me think, when we see the parents later, do they have coats on? Some do, some don't. Okay, is yeah. it kind mm-hmm. of so? It might be trench coat weather. Sure, maybe, maybe it's chilly. But, but I'm not sure. It's, it's. I mean, imagine censorship. You know, like it feels like this would happen fairly early in the school year. So I'm thinking fallish, right? Because I mean, otherwise. But we're would broadcasting in May. Okay, yeah. And typically, like at the beginning of the season, it's back to school. Oh, that makes so this, sense. So I guess it would be spring. So spring. it's like it so hasn't. It, it could be chilly. Yeah, sure. summer hasn't quite hit. Well, that's we will. Fine. Okay, costumers, we will give you a pass. Yeah, that's fine. And no sooner does she start to say goodbye that you hear the soap opera come back on, right. and she's quickly jumping on the damn soap opera with uh, Blair she's gonna and be Tootie. Late. She's going to run a little late. This yeah, time. she's like, I'm going to be late. Yeah. So then Joe comes in. Right. And Joe is the... I gotta say, I loved Joe's delivery. I I wrote down, Joe is really sweet. No, she is. She comes in and her voice is so gentle and she's got to give her friend bad news. And Mm -hmm. I... I don't know. I don't remember Joe having that range. She as is a kid. Like I think fucking amazing. When Nancy I remember McKeon. back, yeah. And the news that Joe brings is she tells Natalie that Natalie is no longer the editor mm-hmm. of the school paper. Now, the writers, for convenience, right. uh, made up this little narrative. She said, the faculty advisor was looking for you and couldn't find you and then just figured it would be easier for you to hear it from me. Right. Like the a real, cre- like like an awesome adult. Yeah. Hey, I've got some difficult news yeah. to give to a student. Would you just, do you mind yeah. passing it along? You yeah, don't mind, exactly, do you? Exactly, yeah. I'm I'm the boss. Hey, employee, would you fire your coworker? Right. Do you mind? Thank yeah. you. Fire yeah. for me? Yeah. So that doesn't really It's a little bit of a stretch, but it gives us this great moment to see Joe be yeah. tender. So I'll I'll let it pass. Yeah, yeah. for how, you know, strongly mm-hmm. negative she was earlier. Yes. And then uh, Natalie says, But they can't do that, can they? They can't do that. Mm. And Joe says, Yes, they can. You're just a kid. And they can just tell you to shut up. That's right. And then, and then Mrs. you see Mrs. Garrett. And then Mrs. Ooh. Garrett, acting acting her ass off, mm-hmm. says, or they ask you to, to cooperate. cooperate. Oh. Long pause, mm. pensive moment, clap track. Golly. Commercial. Uh, it's so powerful. And let's, let's really, you know, we are... The thing I think that is that you and I are both responding so positively to is the fact that this is still a universal message. It's so, it is, it's, it's so, actually troubling how 
relevant. Relevant it is. It is and now. And how prescient it feels right now. Yeah. It's, it's It's more, if anything, it's worse. It's, I know. I it's worse. Know. The squeaky wheel. Now with the internet, the people that complain, Ooh. the complainers run everything. That's true. And corporations and institutions just scramble to silence the complainers. Exactly. Exactly. Reactively, mm-hmm. as opposed to proactively mm-hmm. setting policy and then... You know, and then just being firm in it and saying, this is what we believe to be right. And if you don't like it, you can go elsewhere exactly you don't have to like it yeah it reminds so when uh when i was back in la i was one of my jobs was doing educational theater and Mm -hmm. we did this uh we did this sort of bullying like almost like it was bullying prevention but we really focused on like the bystander but we would do these in-classroom workshops after the show and i remember one of my coworkers, and i'm so glad he said this and it reminds me of this line in in Uh facts of life is that he said you know what guys adults get bullied too we just have a big scary word for it called harassment and we have recourses to make sure that people don't do it and so you guys are kids and so they call it bullying which makes it sound like it's not as bad we know that nobody likes to be bullied so grown-ups call it harassment and then we press charges so and i was like he's exactly right totally and you could see the kids like okay i'm not it's not my fault i'm being bullied yeah it's just no one takes it seriously when it's a kid yeah, and, and, uh, and even the term bullying, it's it's kind it of dismissive. It feels juvenile. It feels like, yeah. oh, that's just part of growing up. That's just yeah. something you have to deal with. And I, you know, wow. when he put it in terms of that like, is... oh, no, 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 no. We were all, you know, it's just when we got old enough to do something about it, we did it and we didn't give you guys the same tools. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. That is powerful. Right? Yeah. Wow. Well, that's a perfect segue. As you mentioned uh, an earlier point in uh, one of your jobs when you lived in mm-hmm. L.A., I like to get to know my guests. Oh, And okay. do a little getting to know you, ask you for the uh, very quick tour of your life. Sure. So if you will allow me to James Lipton you a little. Go on. Sarah French, that's... where were you born? I was born in Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville, Florida. Mm-hmm. Always, always lived in Florida. You've, you've never not lived in, other than when you other lived than in when LA. I was in California. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. so you're a true Floridian. I am. Um, I love the way you turn on your southern twang. So it is so delightful and charming. <laughs> and uh, if I say to you, Sarah, would you like to go get a soda? What will you sometimes say? Uh, I would love a Coke. Yeah, I'll get a Coke. <laughs> all right so raised in jacksonville Mm -hmm. uh tell me what got you into performing and then uh, where did you study if you studied and then how did you get to central florida yeah so i um i started off as a dance kid Mm -hmm. i so i started dancing i think i was three or five when i was in my first i was a little guy and uh danced all the way up uh, uh through high school and then when it was time to, uh, you know, got into high school, audition for, like, there was a performing arts fancy pants high school. <laughs> I did, they did not get, they did not need my talents. Oh, no. Um, but, um, but, I'm not going to live forever. Uh, wait a minute. <laughs> I have all these sweatbands. What am I supposed to do with them? Um, but then, so I went back to, you know, the old... <laughs> <laughs> the rusty old high school I was supposed to go uh, to district-wise. This, this busted this shithole. busted <laughs> hobo camp. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's, but they, uh, I joined the drama club because mm-hmm. they there had been stories that they were going to do a musical. They did not. Um, but I thought, well, that'll be a place for me to dance, you mm-hmm. know. And I'll, so, But they ended up doing Beth Henley's Crimes of the Heart. Oh. Um, 
And since uh, I've always looked like Sissy Spacek, I'm a shoe in. I mean, I could just, you know, yeah, just follow. make a living following the crimes of the heart <laughs> tour across this great nation. And, and you did it since. You've done it here in Central Florida. I've done Florida. it three times. You've done yeah. Babe, babe in Crimes I'm, of the Heart. I'm perpetually a babe. Yeah. Wow. Uh, not so like then a drama, babe, but babe, but. You, you became, not to be confused with the pig. Well, um, yes. Right. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I mean, it happens a lot. So, um... Uh, so, so you became a, so once the the stepping over that threshold into drama club, mm, like yes. that was life changing for me. I, yeah, yeah. But you, you know, were already performing. Like I literally had never performed before that. Well, I guess it became like up until then I had been a dancer, and I mean honestly, unless you're gonna go to Broadway or New mm. York or something, there's not there's not much to do with that. But going into other theater, it teach. was like other than teach. Um, More kids to not to have a skill they right, can't. Exactly. <laughs> which is, I mean, it's it's so, I mean, it, I, I'm really grateful that I danced mm-hmm. uh, so many years. But the truth is, is I, I was very enthusiastic, but I would not go as far as to say I was good. Oh, no. Like, I was fine. I was fine. <laughs> uh, but I did, you know, crossing into theater, um, it was like, oh, this is something you can do for real. Uh, like, you know, and so I think it just became much more practical to me. Mm-hmm. And it became more like, oh, okay hold on hold on yeah, this is yeah. something that i can actually do totally um, all so, right yeah. and then how did you get to orlando orlando uh i mean roll of the dice it was pretty much uh, okay lived in jacksonville and it kind of exhausted my theater options in jacksonville mm-hmm. and i was like well i i you know uh myself and, and josh the guy i was dating at the time mm-hmm. uh we wanted to move to a bigger city but now nah, we were too scared to move yeah. to a big, big city. Yeah. So Orlando seemed like a really natural place to move. And uh, I didn't realize you guys moved here together. We but did. Yeah. You were already. I I met you and and Josh together, and mm-hmm. we've we've all performed in all right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and a combinations. Shows. Right. But yeah. I, I guess I didn't I didn't really have a sense of when you came to what year did you come here? Two thousand one. Okay. <laughs> yep. Uh, and so I came here and had a job uh, managing properties like commercial properties downtown sure like Um, you do you know it's a natural segue for an artist (laughs) um but i just fell into like this dumb admin job uh Uh, and then yeah and then i mean you kind of from there i think i met you honestly yeah not too long after i'd already been in orlando so and uh that story is an epic one oh boy we honestly i don't want to get into it here other than i as i've always told people I was in the worst production of Assassins ever to appear on the stage, if you could even call it that. Yeah. The friendships we made as war buddies of surviving this horrible production. I still have. Oh, you? Oh, my goodness. I'm at my dining room table. I just reached over to my sofa table to pick up the photo and the beautiful engraved frame that Maddie gave us, we had to band together or the show wouldn't, the show couldn't have happened. There's no way we that We directed yeah. ourselves. Mm-hmm. We made it happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we've gotten to do a few shows together have, since. Yeah. Not enough. And Sleuth's Mystery Dinner Theater, yep. employer of the of the acting world That's in exactly Orlando. exactly right. Yep. God fucking love it. I Bless love it there. Bless their hearts. I know. Mm-hmm. And then LA came a calling. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. long did you live out in LA? Eight years. Eight? Yeah. Wow. And then you ended up back in Florida because you were uh, doing a little part on a little TV show. Yeah, I mean, this looking like Sissy Spacek has really paid off for me. It <laughs> has. Uh, yeah, I was her. Uh, I was the young Sally Rayburn on uh, Bloodline. Yes, so. mm-hmm. and it's 
when you told us that you got this role, we were all like, what? It's bananas. It if was I mean, if insane. they'd have cast Goldie Hawn instead of Sissy Spacek, I'd still be in LA. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and now, as of today, you are back permanently in Central Florida. I am, yeah. And you work for a... Uh, a company called Mersion. I do, I do. It's uh, it's like interactive role play. So I play, I puppet and uh, different computer avatars and let uh, let non actors <laughs> practice uh-huh. difficult conversations. So if it's, uh, we partner with colleges of education where mm-hmm. their their student teachers can practice classroom management. So I'll puppet a classroom of five middle school students, for instance, or I might play an angry parent and they have to practice having a parent teacher conference. So mm-hmm. and then uh, lately we've been doing a lot of corporate projects. So I'm playing different. Whether I'm an employee and they're doing leadership development, so their their new managers are practicing giving feedback or having difficult oh. conversations, or sometimes I'm a customer and they're practicing sort of customer service skills. So it runs the gamut, but pretty much any conversation that feels scary to have, we can replicate <laughs> and can you can it. practice. Yep. Yeah, another uh, completely different paradigm of an actor's life in Central yeah. Florida. Yeah. It's so funny how individualized it is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, I am thrilled. <sighs> we have not hung out in two fucking I know, this is really long. nice. This I... <laughs> is, yeah, this is, it's almost like, I, I've i said before, I've said, I'm not sure I've said it on the podcast, I have this awful habit of missing people while I'm with them. Mm, yeah. It's that out of sight, out of mind thing, but it's like, I'm with you now, and I'm like, I miss Sarah. I know you're here, but I miss but you, yes, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> So we need to we need to do more of this. Absolutely. That's all there is to it. Well, I've heard there's nine seasons of Facts of Life. So oh, great news! You will <laughs> so be back. But um, we have a fight to fight here. Woo, man! We got to get back to this. Very hairy. Shit's about to get real, yes. bitches. Oh my god. Yeah. Mrs. Garrett's got her her pussy bow shirt. She <laughs> is here for it. That's what it's called. No. It is. Shut up. You don't remember when Melania Trump wore it and it was a big controversy? I don't. Oh my goodness. I try to avoid anything to do well, with the news yes, and the presidency. So it's a whole, like the pussy bow is like a real feminist thing. And then she, Melania Trump wore one and everybody was like, the fuck? Oh. Right. No. But Mrs. G- I'm telling you, the costumers... They, this was deliberate. They knew what they were doing. But is this in this scene or is it later? Uh, it's this, it's this scene. Cause oh, I wrote it, it down. Scene. I read it. It's the pink ball. shirt. It's the pink shirt. She's it coming in. She means business. Is it the one with the, is it just? That's right. It's just yeah. like a single tie. It's the single tie. That hangs. That's okay. Right. The single tie that hangs. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. worn that before. We've okay, seen that. So on she's, Mrs. okay. Okay. And okay. that's a feminist thing. It, I believe so. I wonder if it yeah. was in 82. I don't, I think so. I think that's where it started. Uh, I very well could have, but, um, we are light bright. Light bright, making light, things do, do, do. with light. Yes. What a sight, making things mm, with light mm, bright. Mm, mm. We love it. And that was one of those. I'll post the uh, commercial. I'll post the video of it on oh, the website for, for this episode. That is another one of those back in the day when if it was a commercial, it was like, okay, we need to have an old white guy voice. 100%. Be the, the announcer. Yes. It was back before they said, why don't we have a kid? A kid do it, right, say, yeah. hey, Light Bright's fun to do. It's like, Light Bright. You post pegs into a piece of paper, <laughs> and they glow, and you look at them and have an enjoyable time. It sounds so fun and authoritative. <laughs> I really want one. I, know, really. It's like, I feel like he's going to hurt me if I don't buy he, he it. He said, get a Light Bright. I don't know. He sounds like my grandpa. <laughs> one year from my birthday. Because my birthday is three days after Christmas. Uh-huh. And one year I got three light brights <gasps> for my birthday simply because all of my friends got them for Christmas and didn't want them. And I was re-gifted three 
fucking ah! light brights. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. So we are back from commercial now, mm-hmm. and we are in the cafeteria, and a uh, lot of prep still going on. Still yes. no food. More flowers. It's pink flowers now. Pink flowers. Bud vases yeah. had mm-hmm. to change those flowers that's out. That's it. They were getting wilty. Yep. Wrote Not at Eastland Academy. $60,000. That's exactly right. The, the shipment came in this mm-hmm. morning. Yep. What the hell? Two of these families are litigators. You think they want her around dead vegetation? I know. <laughs> they don't pay thousands of dollars exactly. a semester. To, to have ex- her sniffing yellow carnations that have wilted for one I, no, day. Exactly. This is, what is this Precious shit? Precious cargo. <laughs> <laughs> so um, now the tables have turned. Mm-hmm. Natalie is glued to the TV, depressed, defeated. Uh, she's defeated. She is. She's, she's lost just her spark. Swimming in the soap operas. Uh, what's it matter anymore? Agreed. What, what good is a brain? Yep, exactly. Uh, and so Blair and Natalie actually... I'm sorry, Blair and Tootie. Blair and Tootie mm-hmm. come up and are like, "Come on, Natalie, you gotta get out of this fun." I know. You gotta, and she, and she's just like, "No." Then Joe comes in and says, "Do you know who they picked oh, for the new editor?" Shit. Buffy Klein. Buffy Klein. And Natalie goes off on this Buffy the boring, mm-hmm. Buffy the bumbling, Buffy the bozo. Yeah, fine, good choice. And goes back to the soap uh. opera. Haven't we all been there? Yep. Natalie's just like, well, I'm out. Yep. This is who you want. This is who you want instead of me. Yep. Uh, and Buffy Klein. Oh, that bitch. She can suck a dick. <laughs> God. I hear she can. She and probably that's how can. She got that's how the she got the job. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway. <laughs> but the good thing, we have another one of those great moments where they band together. Uh, and uh, and the girls say to her, um, no, we right. want to help you. You're involved in this Therefore, we are involved. That's, That's so. Uh, I, I wrote that down. You yes. wrote, you're involved. You're invo- we're involved. So we're involved. Yeah. Oh my God, the sisterhood. Ah. So then in comes Mrs. Garrett, and she's like, "Okay, Natalie, I want to talk to you." That's right. She is here. Like she has come, like correct right now. Heels clicking. Oh like, yeah. She is ready she is, to have yeah. this talk. She she's is. Got her power smirk. Yeah. She's ready. Yeah, she is totally. And she comes clean mm-hmm. and says, I am angry at myself. I didn't do enough. I talked a good game, but when push came to shove, I didn't shove back. That's right. And uh, she says, so I'm going to do what I should have done all along. And they're like, what? And she says, there's a monthly board meeting. That happens next week. Mr. Parker's going to be there. The parent, uh, The board members will be there. Some of the parents will be there. I'm going to go there, plead my case, and I'm going to fight. Uh, and it was just like, yes, batch. She is. You do it. Uh, and then she says, and what's the worst that could happen? Ooh, Tootie brings it home. They could fire you. Silent pause, looking at, we call those the Thornton Wilder moments. Oh. Where we say something and we <laughs> she just. <laughs> <laughs> it's where you could get fired. And they all look out. Like there's right. a looking out to the, we're going to pause and think and about really this moment. And really think about the consequences. And, yes. and you expect the lights to dim and a spotlight on exactly. the stage manager to say, so Mrs. Garrett got her fight back. That's but, right. But at what cost? So now we are in the final scene. Oh my gosh. We are outside the auditorium. And um, we have to pause a moment because... There has been a long-standing question with how 
big is Eastland. Right. How many students? What is the, yeah, what's we, the enrollment? We think there's either 20 or 20,000. Yeah. Some, yeah. That it might is, be. It's really unclear. Yeah. But um, we're outside the auditorium. So it's like, so is this a different auditorium from the theater where they were putting on uh, South Pacific, which was a full-on theater with costume <laughs> shop, fly space, sets, uh, scene shop. I mean, this this was the Laura Hodo show right, with uh, right. a green-eyed monster. <laughs> and it's like, we were just like, where in the world? And, you know, is this school big enough? And do they have... Su- it's an all-girls school. Yeah, it's an all-girls What are they, school. other than Crimes of the Heart? Right. It's like, that's, what? That's what they do every year. <laughs> crimes of the Heart. <laughs> crimes of the Heart, top girls. That's, that's our season. That's it. Every year. Um, so it's like, um, that's one thing that I wondered. I'm like, I wonder if this is it or if this is yet another. I suspect it's another one. I think they have a smaller, a room specifically for boardrooms and grown-up meetings. That's what I yeah. imagine. But it does feel auditorium there's, there's definitely like a, a, a lobby and a lobby it's yeah, like a absolutely. lobby feel so mm-hmm. it does feel like they're going to kind of a not a cafetorium never. not a cap no 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 so mrs garrett is wearing an outfit we saw her in earlier mm-hmm. the one where blair built the library okay and so this is her power outfit this like is when her things are getting serious <sighs> she's got to put on her pumpkin spice ensemble i, I questioned <laughs> the the logisticals of this outfit the last time it appeared. This is the bright pumpkin mm-hmm. orange blouse with little black squares on it. Uh, it is quite something. And she's got over it a, a dark brown tweedy mm-hmm. skirt suit. That's right. And the the dark brown, depending on the camera and the color balancing, mm-hmm. kind of looks almost plum color. Yeah, There's it does. a little touch uh-huh. of purple. I questioned whether it was brown or purple in the sure. last episode, but I'm pretty sure this one, it looks more brown. It does. It does look brown. Which begs me to question, maybe the little boxes on the pumpkin orange Halloween are blouse also are also brown, and mm-hmm. that's the connective tissue. But the fact is, we have got this electric orange blouse in this deep, shit-colored, yeah. Da- it's a dark, weighty, heavy tone it doesn't look spring that's a brown. for sure no no oh my god you're so right if this is spring wrong outfit i don't know what's costuming happening. fail you are so right oh my god you are so so right i didn't even think about that um so while she's in the lobby she hears some parents talking and they talk about oh that studs turkle book oh yeah and she goes working i know that because i was on broadway they remembered that Studs Turkle book. Mm-hmm. They remember the name of the author, but couldn't remember what it was called. Working. Working. Right. Well, they don't work. That's yeah. why. <laughs> <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're... Studs, it's about that thing that poor uh, people I do. It. What's it <laughs> oh my God. That's genius. Um, so, yeah. Uh, well, but the mom who's there, you know, like it's the parents that are talking about that horrible yes. Studs Turkle book. Yeah. The mo- I have to believe that that actress on her resume, it says special skills polishing my glasses oh. because she <laughs> spends 
that entire scene polishing her glasses. And then when she puts them on, it's like, it was worth it. The size of dinner plates. Oh my plates. God, her Elton John glasses. Oh my God. Just go on. That oh. was the time though. That was That's the right. era. That was but the she, style. I mean, it took her three full minutes and then you put them on and you're like, oh, there's a lot of surface area. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense now. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. <laughs> It's like you needed a whole bottle of Windex. <laughs> Good Lord, madam. Um, but yeah, and the thing is, when she put the glasses on, you heard me say, I was like, thank you, Anne Bancroft. Because right. she looks like Anne Bancroft. She looks just like Anne Bancroft. Uh, but the thing is, their comments about mm-hmm. the Studs Terkel book is that uh, I want my daughter to read it. When she's when, 35. When she's 35 and it won't do any damage. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the only thing I can think of in Studs Terkel's working, which I have never read. Sure. But I've seen the musical, the, yeah. the PBS version that they did that mm-hmm. was very good, but had some odd artistic choices in okay. it. But um, the only thing I could think of is one of the characters played by a young, unknown Barbara Hershey hmm. uh, is a, I believe the term they used was prostitute. Oh. We would now call her a sex worker. That's right. In our politically correct times mm-hmm. uh, of peace and harmony and... Uh, respect for peoples of all nations, creeds, and colors. We're doing our best. Hey, trickle down starts <laughs> at the presidency some, and right. and rolls down on us. <laughs> um, that is, I, I can't imagine what else. What else is Are you familiar with working? I, I know the sh- I know the musical yeah. like you, and I am with you on that. I think I mean unless it's like the plight of the working man, sort of a Woody Guthrie vibe to it, maybe that's upsetting to. The aristocracy? I don't know. I, I don't know either. I, yeah, I, think, I, I don't know that, that book to be controversial. I, I don't either. I've never heard of it being controversial. And and there's plenty that are like, I mean, why not just say Huck Finn or whatever it is that it yeah. is? You know, like, why not just go top of the line yeah. controversy? Yeah, I'm with you. I cannot find anything other than it depicts and talks to a sex worker about her career. Right. Maybe it's more graphic or something in the book book. yeah maybe possibly but um so in reaction to these hearing these parents talking mrs garrett is like she says out loud i'm dead that's right she's She's got her feathers up she's yeah she's yeah she's like oh this is gonna be tough mr parker was talking about yeah Yeah. exactly these are the complainers these are the Mm -hmm. these are the trolls these are the haters Mm -hmm. who should back off they should Uh (laughs) uh-huh and then uh another woman shows up Oh, and Blazer says, Brigade, this one coming in. Love her. Oh. And she says, is this where the board meeting's happening? And Mrs. Garrett says, yes. She says, good. We want to talk. I'm, I'm here because this book thing has got to be settled. And Mrs. Garrett says, now look, just because you think something is offensive. It's blah, blah. And the woman says, what do you mean offensive? I think these books should be available to the right. kids. And this wonderful moment of Miss Garrett going, we're on the same side. Oh, man, Betty Schuster. Betty Schuster, played by, and I, I looked her up because I was like, she was really good. She was. All she had to do was kind of lay this, lay out this premise. That's right. And then, and then the important thing is that um, she says to her, she's got these throwaway lines like, you know, the, the awful writing of, excuse me, is this the room where the board meeting's taking place? <laughs> right, you know, right. that's clump, that's yeah. ugh. But then to have her turn around and say, oh, good. She says, oh, these buildings all look alike. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and you're like, no, that's a good justification. And then she says, uh, and um, I'm here to fight. So is my husband. And she says, uh, if he finds the building, he's out right. parking the car. And she says, we never get up here as often as we'd like for these things. Right. But she's just a great character actor. And she says it so earnestly. It, it's like this great victory when she reveals that she's on Mrs. Garrett's side. Yeah. Like, it's just like, oh, I yay! love her even more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, But her name is Susan Davis. Okay. She has a lot of credits. Sure. Uh, what was her name? Betty Schuster. Betty Schuster. And she's like, oh, of course, you're Linda's mother. Yes. Linda Schuster, whom we've never met, I've never nope. seen, never heard of. Bye-bye. Yeah. Never will again. Um, and she says, well, my husband and I decided to come when we got the newsletter. Mm-hmm. And Mrs. Garrett's like, what newsletter? And just as the husband arrives, and he doesn't even get a line. Not even a line. <laughs> Mr. Schuster is silent. He is. Um, uh, well, it was one of the producer's brothers that's or right. something. She uh, his pulls residual checks are nothing. 0.0. <laughs> No, no. Susan Davis, she's... Meanwhile, she's raking That in. shit's rolling in. That's right. She She's going to get a two-cent check just because oh we gosh. watched it I on hope DVD. So. I hope so. And um, so she goes to a person and says, oh, well, this this flyer, mm-hmm. and hands it to Mrs. Garrett. Mrs. Garrett looks at it and is like, what? Just as Mrs. Garrett is reading it, in come Tootie, Joe, and Natalie. Mm-hmm. And Mrs. Garrett's like, what are you doing here? And they're like, we're not letting you go in there alone. We're here to support you. Oh, come on, girl. I mean, uh. I mean. It's quite, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And then um, they say, oh, where did you get your copy of that newsletter? And she says, Mrs. Schuster gave it to me. I'm glad you did something. And here's a little oops in the writing. Um, Natalie says, how did you know it was us? And Mrs. Garrett says, Natalie, your style is unmistakable. (laughs) And then what we learn is they printed the band article about the band books Natalie signed it, your right. ex-editor. I was going to say, yeah. It was so, Natalie, name in the your byline. style yeah. is unmistakable, and your signature is right also here. Also right here, It's yeah. like... <laughs> Why? Yeah. And so they took it, and they mailed it out to the parents, and shrewd little bitches that they are, they I, put notice of expulsion. I put that down. I'm like, so their, uh, part of their solution included mail fraud. Uh, thank you. <laughs> is that okay? Yeah, and scaring the shit out of the parents. Right, exactly. But but they're like, oh, no, no, no. We're talking about they're expelling these books from the library. Ah, uh, it was a play on words. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is why you don't educate girls. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they start they getting... They take over. They get ideas. They get lippy. You got to right. slap them around mm-hmm. a little bit to put them in their place. Uh, um, so then Mrs. Garrett says, well... You better be prepared, girls, because mm-hmm. uh, we don't know what we're facing in right. there. Or, or she might have said, you don't know, because she saw the parents. Yeah, yeah. And then in comes Blair. What is Blair wearing, Sarah? Uh, blue blazer. Yeah. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. And Blair comes in saying, my mom is on the way, and That's she's right. picking up Joe's mother and Natalie's parents in the city. Mm-hmm. And Limo so, is on the way. Right. And then Duty says, my dad is flying up from D.C. He's flying mm-hmm. up. Better get there soon. I They're mean, about to start, dude. This is, this is pre-9-11, so you could get you could zip in and out of the yeah, airport pretty totally quick. you totally could, yeah. <laughs> um, so then just as they're talking about this, a few more parents show up, but it's like, Six or eight. It's not a like a mob. Well, scene. and it's one couple of color that 
I mean, you were sitting right there. I, I was yep. like, there they are. There's Tootie's parents. And, I was and like, you were like, no. no. We think there might be one other person of color that goes yeah. to the school. We were, Laura Hodos and I were really struggling to find a POC at the auditions. Oh, dear. Um, so we see some more bodies showing up, and we assume that that is a result of the flyer, which is right, good. Right, right. And then just as they're all about to go in, Mr. Parker shows up and pulls Mrs. Garrett aside mm-hmm. before she goes in. And he says, I have never seen this much traffic. I've been getting phone calls all week. People are upset about these books being banned. They hate me. And she says, <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so then he says to her, I owe you an apology. And Mrs. Garrett says, Graciously, no apology necessary. You were doing what you thought was best for the school. Mm-hmm. I wrote this down because this is what he said. Yeah. I was being a good administrator. If all Eastland needed was someone to keep order and balance books, they could have hired Elliot Janeway. And it actually did get a little bit of a laugh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what did you say to me? When- I was like, is that a Beverly Hillbillies reference, <laughs> Mrs. Janeway? <laughs> Because wasn't she a secretary? <laughs> I didn't hear that's what you said. Yeah, that's what I, I was like. Well, she she did do the books. Um, that would be you're right. That would have, that would be Jane Hathaway. Oh, okay. Well, played by the wonderful Nancy Culp. Ah, uh, yes. One of the greatest and most heterosexual uh-huh. character actresses in Hollywood. <laughs> so rumor has it. That's right. Um, uh, this is called from Wikipedia. I edited this down. Okay. Elliot Janeway. Born January 1913, died February 1993. Okay, okay. Uh, was an American economist, journalist, and author whose career spans seven decades. His enduring pessimism about U.S. economic prospects earned him the nickname Calamity Janeway. These writers are old <sighs> as fuck. Yeah. I yeah. mean... What an obscure reference. And... He even kind of pushes it like Elliot Janeway, like right, you know that old chestnut, right, audience. And you wonder if the laughing is at his tone, yeah, the way he says it versus what he says. It's so odd. It is so bad. My notes say, "What the fucking fuck?" Yeah, Just that's right. That down. Yeah, that's the right note. Yep. I will say, lots of adults taking responsibility and admitting their mistakes yeah. in this episode. And yeah. Mr. Parker also not known for this. This uh-huh. is him being more vulnerable than I think we ever I will wonder, see him again. I bet you they didn't know if they were going to get renewed because this really feels like they're yeah they they're they really some risks pulled out in this episode they, yeah, yeah they pulled out the big guns and uh-huh. really. Exactly what you were saying. Mr. Parker says, I'm ashamed Mm -hmm. that I had to be forced into this confrontation. I was afraid. And Mrs. Garrett says, I think the real word you mean is intimidated. Mm -hmm. We both were. We thought that if we took a stand, we'd be standing alone. Beautiful. I mean. Beautiful. Then one of the, the guy who was talking about studs, that Studs Turkle book earlier. Right. Leans out and says, um, can we get started? You know, we've got a lot to get through. And then they're like, yeah, of course. So last moment, Mr. Ooh. Parker turns and says, well, Edna, could be a long night. And she says. Let's hope so. Right? Yeah. Isn't that what she said? She just says, I, I wish she had. Uh, she just says, good. Man, and th- I'm sorry. That was entendre. They were excited to spend the night together. Oh, stop. They were. They were. That they were is so in it together. Funny. His wife, nowhere to be found. Yeah, I know. She's Where not is here she? to support her man. Yeah. She's, uh, no, but you know who is right there? 
Uh, Fucking Mrs. Garrett. Uh, she's ready. The wife is out buying a pussy blouse that mm-hmm. he asked her to get and well, put on. Best of luck. The stores are closed, aren't they? <laughs> Maybe pick up a cup of sugar while you're at it for some strudels. Uh, that's so... The, I guess their chemistry was electric. I, uh, it's odd for me to think that because their relationship has always been adversarial mm. to the point that her opening Edna's edibles. Some moonlighting shit. Is <laughs> the will they or won't they? Mm-hmm. Um, her opening Edna's edibles is precipitated by him being such a dick to her. It never, ever occurred to me. I never looked at them that way. Well, you know how it's going to end, but I'm telling you, the reason he turns into such an asshole is because he was putting out signals and And she she was not receptive. She's trying to respect his marriage. Yeah. And he's like, come on, it's the 80s. And then when she rebuffs him. Yeah. Uh, There is Facts of Life fan fiction out there, Sarah. Well, I think I found my calling. I think you need to contribute. No, thanks. My job is now (laughs) Facts of Life fan fiction. Season 3, episode 69. Ow! Oh, my darling. Uh, We have been talking a long time. We have, but it was a powerful episode and it needed to be dissected. Every minute of this, Me and too. I miss you, and I am so glad. And now, we, if nothing else, we have an excuse to get together again when I bring you back and do the show again. I would love that. This has I been a would treat too. So that's Yay. great. So, Sarah French, my darling, thank you. We'll see you soon, and good night. Good night. And there you have it. That was Sarah French. Isn't she freaking? awesome and hilarious and fun and funny and I know I say that about every single guest on the show it's because Central Florida just has an embarrassment of riches when it comes to fun talented amazing incredible entertaining people now next week we're continuing the very specialness before we start season four with Matthew Arter which you know will inevitably be happening we have a little issue that we have to get out of the way first and that issue is The Facts of Life goes to Paris. That's right. That TV movie broadcast a couple of weeks before the premiere of season four. So next sequentially, that is what is facing us. And I have to tell you, that episode is going to be done in two parts. And two parts, double your pleasure, double your fun. I also have two guests, Matthew Arter and Paul Padilla. It's already recorded. I haven't started editing it yet, and I am—I cannot wait to listen to it again, but I'm also dreading how technically complex it's going to be to edit the three of us just riffing and going off. And God, we had such a good time watching the show, and I can't wait for you to hear that episode. So stay tuned. It's coming up in just one week. So we're done here today. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. And remember... The facts of life are all about you. Let's Face the Facts was produced, written, hosted, and edited by me, David Almeida. My theme song was beautifully arranged and recorded by Ned Wilkinson. Our website is facethefactspod.com. You have to drop the let's. And that's where you can find extra pictures, video, and audio extras from the digital cutting room floor. Follow the show on social media. We're everywhere under the handle FaceTheFactsPod. And don't forget, go to your favorite podcatchers and subscribe, rate, and review. Tune in again next week 
for another thrilling episode of Let's Face the Facts.